But say something funny. Something funny. <laughs> Welcome back to the Christ in Culture. This is Clint. And this is Steve. Steve, earlier today, I was at Mass, as, yes. one, as one does on a Sunday. And, oh, I guess we already told the, the, the patrons, but for you guys listening just on the podcast, uh, we are recording on Divine Mercy Sunday, so that's why. And as soon as Father started processing down the aisle, the power went out in the entire neighborhood. And so we had to do the whole thing without electricity. And uh, you know my parish is big. Uh-huh. So the musicians and the lectors were like trying to be really, really loud, but you could barely hear them because the church is so big. But anyways, after I got home, after mass was over, I realized we still have youth programming tonight and there's going to be no power in the entire place for youth programming either. So improv, it's going to be great. Wow. Um, yeah, apparently something just blew, and yeah, like I like don't know. Power. Yeah. So. Um, oh, you're funny. That's good. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's crazy. I would be. Um, my mind just would have went, and I'd be like, oh, "Man, it's Divine Mercy Sunday, and I guess Jesus is coming back. The world's <laughs> ending. Like, time, you know." Yeah, that would be interesting. So, how are you doing, Steve? I haven't I haven't really seen you as usual. Uh, in a while yeah i've been good um nothing too much i've watched a lot of like random netflix shows okay in terms of like media because i know you're gonna ask me about that yeah go ahead i have been watching this show called the oa which is kind of like interesting okay i've seen that yeah on netflix but i haven't watched it yeah it's it's interesting so it it's kind of like a mystery-ish sort of show of like you don't really know what's going on, but um, and I won't ruin it because essentially like the first like the large part of the first season is you learning what's going on um, from. It's a pretty typical like, first through, season. Yeah, through a, well through stories actually. So like okay. basically in the first video you or first episode you have this woman who's been missing for seven years. They like find her. She's like in the ho- like they find her because she's like in the hospital because she like jumped off a bridge. Um, and landed feet first, but, Yikes. and so like they found her and she'd been missing for seven years. And the thing is when she disappeared, she was blind, but like now she can see. Hmm. Um, and so it's really interesting. Yeah. It's she really, was blind, but now she sees. Yeah. And so it's really interesting sort of show in a lot of ways. And so like she ends up telling about these experiences through like this story of like what happened to her. Um, which, in our own way, uh, would make a pretty decent podcast based on what we do. Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah. Um, other than that, uh, I watched Black Summer, which is like a zombie show on okay. Netflix as well. You're into the zombie shows. Yeah. Yeah. No? Yeah. Yeah, I am. Um, no, I like them. I uh, I was warped as a small child. My dad would play Resident Evil Nemesis on the PlayStation 1 when I was like six. Oh, wow. And I would watch him and have nightmares every night. And so the zombie apocalypse is still something that fills me with terror. But I just need it head on. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Face your fears, right? Yeah. So I, I don't know. I really like those things. I like the uh, the survival sort of aspect to it as well. Sure. What would be your zombie apocalypse like go-to weapon? 
Oh, that's a good one. I would think like an axe. An axe? Mm-hmm. I saw this one time for a zombie apocalypse plan. Someone surrounded their house with treadmills. Mm. And so since, well, and depending on what zombie lore you're looking at, they're usually pretty slow. And so if you put the treadmills up really high, they can never get, they to, can you. Never get to you. Yeah, um, that's actually pretty, pretty interesting. <laughs> uh, the reason I would pick an axe um, in a practical sense is because it doesn't require electrical power, which mm. I assume the grid would be down. No, I would have power just for myself. Yeah, two axe heads are very easy to replace. It's true. In terms of like a sword, which you have to keep sharp, or like potentially have to reforge. If you know, you could always like the axe head. You can keep sharp, or you like it's not a whole lot of metal that you could like try to refabricate. Or you have the handle, which is just wood, so you could just remake one of those if it broke. Practically, a uh, great weapon doesn't require ammunition. You actually uses less force to bring about the same thing as like a sword would have. Okay. Because um, while in The Walking Dead, I think the katana is really cool. Practically speaking, not the best way to handle zombies. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, especially if you're not trained in it either. Yeah. But that's only in like the traditional sense of like slow zombies. If we were talking like real quick zombies, I don't know, like an Iron Man suit would be ideal. <laughs> I don't know uh, if that counts as a single weapon. It's kind of... It is a single thing. It's just really <laughs> It's all good. connected. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Um, but that was, you know, those are just some of the things I've been, I've, been, um, I've been intaking the past couple weeks. Okay. What about you? How have uh, you been? So... Any new news? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I actually traveled this last week for, for Holy Week. Uh, went to Canada. Actually visited Ottawa. And so... While I was traveling, I took in a lot of media, mm-hmm. um, and I think what you're trying to get me to say is, uh, while I was up there, I actually uh, was visiting a friend, and we are now dating, so her name is Catherine. Uh, so shout out to Catherine. Yeah, shout who, out to Catherine. Who listens. Catherine found out that I work for the um, pro-life movement and sent Clint with this book. Called The Culture called War. The Culture War. By Jonathan Van Maren. Yeah. Right? Is that- uh, I think that's his name. Yeah, I guess he is a... He's a Canadian, Canadian pro-life advocate. Pro-life activist, yeah. yeah. So I'm actually really excited to read this book. Oh, hey, look, I just opened a random page and it quotes Dr. Levitino, who speaks for us. Oh. Um, so that's really, really cool. There He's you like go. a super smart um, ethicist. He's a former abortionist, OBGYN, and a lawyer. Mm. Um, so he's a medical doctor and a lawyer, so he comes at it from both sides. Really brilliant guy. Yeah, I mean, the book, from what I understand, I haven't started reading it yet. I have a copy for myself as mm. well. It's supposed to explain how the culture shift since the 60s Ooh. kind of happened. Yeah. So looking at the the sexual revolution and the increase in contraception and abortion and like how all those things came to be so, yeah, connected, but also how do they came to be so just commonly accepted when they never used to be. So it kind of looks at the historical aspect of that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I would be very interested um, because as you know, Clint, and as I'm sure our listeners who listened to our two uh, Brave New World episodes know that this is a topic that I care a lot about. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's um, what you do for a living, so I would hope so. It is, yes. And it's also all I talk about with all my friends, which is why I have such good friends. I almost made a self-deprecating joke, but I just found out from Catherine, or through Clint, <laughs> that apparently... Uh, I'm internationally known for self-deprecating. Which well, is because not... we have an international podcast that people listen to. So. Yeah, and then apparently I self-deprecate that much that that's mm-hmm. what I'm known for. 
Um, so please call Steve out if he's doing that. It's actually a little sad. So I'm going to try to be better about that. <laughs> that would be good. Oh, man. that's That hurts. Um, <laughs> that was not how I expected my Sunday to go. Oh, it's all good. It's all right. Divine mercy, right? It's all good. Yeah, 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 no, for sure. So what I've been taking in, it's been a lot, obviously, because I was traveling. So tons of podcasts, uh, mostly D&D podcasts, actually. So mm-hmm. ARCS, which is one that Gordon listens to as Arcs. well. ARCS, A-R-C-S. Okay. And then also Acquisitions Incorporated, the C-Team. I've been listening to a lot of them as well. Um, and then Gomer's new podcast that he talked about on here when he was a guest was... Um, Every knee shall bow. Mm. So I started listening to that, and it's all about it's all about how to evangelize and how to like share your testimony. So that's really cool. The cool thing about that podcast too is they always give at least five practical tips of like how to do whatever mm. they're talking about on the show. So that's really cool. I watched uh, Deadpool two. Oh, I did watch finally. that as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Look at that. I really sat down and binge watched movies upon movies i watched pineapple express for the first time oh really stupid so movie. dumb it's so bad it's very stupid um, yeah don't watch that one <laughs> i was it was actually with my uh, my buddy bryce and he was like which, oh, it's i know so bryce funny. yeah neil bryce and he's like such a good guy shout out to bryce yeah shout out to bryce he listens for sure yeah and then uh he was like oh yeah we have to um He's like, oh, let's watch this movie. And then we started watching it. And then, like, some of the really stupid parts come on. He's like, he's like, oh, yeah. And he was like, well, I really just like this movie, which, of course, is, like, how Bryce views the world. He's like, I just really like this movie because of their friendship and how they become friends throughout the course of this movie and, like, the bond that they build. And I was like, that's a good thing. But I was like, oh. <laughs> it was definitely just, like, a very stereotypical Seth Rogen movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very little plot, a lot of swearing and drugs and base humor yeah all that stuff so yeah i've been taking in a lot of that as far as um like tv shows when i got back uh i had like nothing planned this weekend basically so i've just been wasting way too much time on netflix and just like watching tv shows so i got caught up on the flash oh rock on that's yeah. a that i'm so far behind yeah i was like eight episodes behind and i just crushed all of them and then SAO season two, I finally finished that. So okay. Sword yeah. Art Online, we did an episode on the first season. Um, Umbrella Academy, which you've talked about, we are going to do something. We're still trying to figure out if we want to do a podcast or a bunch of blogs. We're, we're coming up with something. So stay yeah. tuned for that. Umbrella Academy will be on the show for sure. And then Riverdale, started watching mm-hmm. that again. And also, I've been reading a lot because travel so i read humana vitae there's a 50th anniversary uh book that came out so i read that one and then 50 50th anniversary book of humana vitae yeah well last year was the 50th anniversary july 25th i am currently typing that into the google (laughs) you can look at my copy once we're done here Okay. Um, um, I just want to, yeah, I might actually take a look and, and get that. Yeah, that'd be good. And then I've been reading a book called Vikings, which is just a fantasy book about uh, like a teenage Viking that goes on a like quest or whatever. And then his, his people get destroyed in the battle and he's stuck in Scotland. Mm. So he's trying to like survive. And then the big one, which we're not talking about this week, but we will in a couple weeks with a special guest 
from uh, Voyager Comics was Avengers Endgame. Right. Which was awesome, and I'm giving no details. There will be no spoilers. Yeah. I also watched it. I encourage listeners to get on that train um, and watch it. I mean, obviously, watch some of the follow-up movies if you're behind, or some of the other movies to lead up to it. I won't. Yeah, I don't want to spoil anything, but it is really well done. Um, yeah, and there's it, it's it's very good. So we're giving you guys a couple weeks to go ahead and go see it uh, before we release our podcast on it. So make sure you take advantage of that time. Go see it as soon as you can, and yeah, we're gonna have a an awesome episode coming out. Yeah, pretty soon. Gonna be good. And that's all I got. Awesome. Yeah. So segue. Endgame. <laughs> okay. I knew I was watching it on Thursday, which was opening. Yeah. The opening day. And like Thursday night, you know, whenever it came out. And so at like the first showing they were having at like 6.45, because now they don't have midnight releases. They just release it the day before. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Um, but so we signed up, like me and several coworkers, and I was like, I haven't seen Captain Marvel. Hmm. I need to like watch that. It, of course, it's still in theaters, so I had to, you know, fork over, you know, however much money to go see it. But I actually went to go see it with Bryce, uh, funny enough. Nice. Yeah. And so we, we went over and we saw Captain Marvel. Uh, and there were, there were some interesting themes um, in that movie <clears throat> that we will now talk about. Wow. That was very natural segue. Uh, it wasn't actually at all. Yeah, that's And funny. the reason I did that is for humor, so... Oh. I hope somebody laughed. This is like one of the, um, Nathan Pyle comics where it's just like explicitly saying what you're doing. Yeah. Have you seen I'm, ho- I'm hoping it works. I'm trying something new. If I'm not able to make fun of myself, I'm just gonna like add something else in here. There you go. Good. Hopefully I like that. it works. Uh, Do you know the comics I'm talking about? The Nathan Pyle ones? Mm-mm. So... I'm sure at least someone on here has seen it at this point, but he's like a Christian. I don't think he's Catholic, but he makes comics and there's one, oh, it's something about aliens. I don't remember, but basically the aliens are just doing natural, like normal human things and explaining <gasps> those it. Ones. Yeah. Yes, I've seen that in like, yeah, we're like, they're doing it and um, I have seen those. They're explaining, explaining it in like very like obvious terms. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've seen that. If you haven't seen him, go check him out, guys. Yeah. They're hilarious. I didn't know that's who they who he was. Uh, yeah. But I've seen those online. Yeah. They're really they're really funny. So he actually he's getting a lot of flack or has been uh, for being pro life. Have you seen that? Mm-mm. He like during it was like back in January he made a post saying like I'm just so happy that my my girlfriend or my wife whichever uh, wasn't aborted and like that she's alive. And then a bunch of the followers just like started bashing him because he was pro-life. He's like, okay, whatever. Yeah, I had a, um, I, I don't think I mentioned on the podcast, I had a real long debate with this lady um, at the state capitol uh, okay. for a lobby day. Which is Austin, not Dallas, for yeah, those Austin. of you who don't live here. Yeah, Austin, Texas is where the Capitol is. Really nice Capitol building. Probably nicer than the U.S. Capitol. It is. It's like a really nice Capitol. I really like it. And so we were there, and I was having this debate. and It was just a very uh, infuriating conversation because I was trying to come at it from like a science perspective. 
because before she even said anything with me, she was like trying to attack like that my beliefs were fundamentally religious. Mm. And so I was like, no, like not really. Like I believe in life from conception because of science, like genetically it's its own person. It's just a, it's the same human being just at a different stage of development. Mm-hmm. Right. So we can't just arbitrarily decide when someone becomes a human, right? Because like they're genetically a human at that moment of conception. Yeah. Um, which she disagreed with, and she made the claim that that they're not people until their uh, until their brains are formed, hmm. which she said was because of the science of it. But her initial belief was, well, Genesis two says that they're alive when God breathes his lungs into them, so life doesn't happen until our lungs are fully developed. So but she, I think that she it's used the brain. Re- she yeah, used and religion. I was like, and she kept accusing me of using my religion, and I was like, I'm not even quoting scripture here. That's funny. And I was like, I am so confused. And I was like trying to get her to see the logic and she just like couldn't. Like she just kept jumping through these like weird hoops to like discredit. And I was like, I have no idea what you're even talking about anymore. And Mm. I just feel like you're really trying hard to like deny the science here. Yeah. But it was just very, very weird. Anyway, so it's cool to hear like people who have a platform actually speaking out. Because I think so many people are pro-choice uh, these days because that's just like what they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what all like sort of the media and, and culture says. Yeah. Um, and so to have people with a platform actually come out and defend life is really, I think, integral. And to find out why, read the culture war. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it talks about. Oh, yeah. Maybe we'll talk about it one day. Maybe. Um, or maybe I'll do a blog post once. Maybe. That would be good. That'd be really good. Anyway, let's move uh, to the topic. So, (laughs) Captain Marvel. Um, So, for those who haven't seen the movie, Captain Marvel is a superhero movie following Captain Marvel. Really? Yeah. Or uh, Carol Danvers. What's That's not the real name in the comics, though. What's her real name? It's Captain... um, Gosh, Cody's going to kill me for not remembering this. Anyways, her real name in the comics isn't Captain Marvel. It's something else. Marvel. Right, but no. It'll come to me later. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. I uh, had assumed that it was Captain Marvel or Marvel, but anyway, it uh, it follows this woman who is essentially got all sorts of superpowers, and you eventually find out why throughout the, the movie. Because in the beginning, she can't really remember her past, like where she came from. She's a Kree warrior. So for those who've seen Guardians of the Galaxy one, um, mm-hmm. the Kree were like the big bad, right, with Ronan. Yeah, and so basically the movie kind of follows her, and so she ends up, the the Kree and the Skrull are fighting, and the mm-hmm. Skrull are kind of the big bads of the movie, so to speak. Um, they are shapeshifters. And in the comics, they Which really... sweet. Yeah. In the comics, they really are, like, terribly bad villains. Um, they're, like, the, kind of the main enemies of the Fantastic Four... They had the whole secret invasion arc where they, like, took over Earth by, like, impersonating all these people that were gone. Um, And I really thought that's where they were going to go for, like, phase four was, like, the secret invasion because, like, all these people disappeared, right? But, like, then um, I watched this movie and realized that that wasn't going to be the case because this movie, one of the biggest twists uh, and breaks from sort of the regular canon. Spoiler. Spoiler. Uh, is that the Skrull are actually just sort of refugees. Like, their planet was destroyed by the Kree, as opposed to in the comics, destroyed by Galactus. Um, and they're just looking for a new planet. 
Mm-hmm. And so she ends up on Earth um, hunting down. Um, I actually forget how she gets to Earth. Uh, I think she like crash lands or something. Yeah, she did. She crash landed in the comic store. Yeah, she crash lands in the comic store um, as she was trying to, I guess. Well, she escaped. So she was captured. By the scroll, right? Yeah. That's right. And then escaped and the escape pod landed or whatever. Thank you. Um, sorry, I watched that movie and Endgame back to back basically and so like i'm trying to piece out which movie was which so that i don't make any spoilers no spoilers um yeah so she ends up yeah she's captured by the scrawl and they like look into her memories and she starts seeing things um from her childhood and then she crash lands on earth which is the planet she was actually from um and eventually you figure out that she actually got her powers from a kree um scientist she was in the air force and this like kree woman that she met Mm -hmm. Um, and they end up, uh, she ends up like taking in the power of this like engine by accident, like explodes and like she absorbs all of the power, right? which is why she's so powerful. But that power source was actually the Tesseract. So she absorbed like a lot of that power and that's one of the stones. Um, so it's a really, really powerful thing. She's essentially a living Tesseract. Yeah. Yeah. Is like the whole, her whole premise. And so super powerful, but a lot of the story is her kind of remembering her past and I kind of want to touch on that okay because I think that's a really interesting concept is this idea of like knowing where we came from and like knowing who we are um, and like this idea of introspection because for her she gets turned into this weapon by the Kree but she doesn't remember who she is and so she makes like this perfect weapon because she like doesn't remember her past and in a lot of ways our experiences and where we came from like help to influence where we're going you know, mm. does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of want to get your, your take on that. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to think about it in the context of like Lent and Easter, because that's, mm-hmm. that's where we are right now. So looking at um, kind of where we came from, I mean, I mean, even just going all the way back to Ash Wednesday, right? Mm-hmm. Remember you were dust and to dust you shall return. So just remembering where you come from, obviously theology of the body goes pretty deep into that too. And remembering yeah. like, where we come from, like how we are made and what we are made for tells us about who we are. Right. Uh, and so I think looking back into that is really important. And then now in Easter, we're reminded of our baptismal vows and, mm-hmm. and our baptisms itself as we kind of recall this death and then resurrection into a new life, right? And in that, uh, I think it's important that we remember where we come from as far as like our spiritual journeys too, Mm -hmm. right? How many of us actually know our baptism date? That's something someone asked me that in college and I was like, I have no idea. And they're like, why do you know your birthday but you don't know your baptismal date? Because that's the day that you were reborn and become a a son or daughter of of God. So I was like, you're right. So I looked it up and uh, I think that's something that we should be aware of. And like, do you know... I mean, a lot of us know the story of when we were born, maybe, but do we know the story of when we were baptized? Stuff Mm. like that. And so just recognizing like where we started and then where the journey has brought us from there. And I think I'm going to get the races mixed up. What was the one that she was working for? She was working for the Cree. The Cree, right. So the Cree, they, uh, I hate to spoil this, but hopefully you've seen it at this point. There's spoilers, guys. There's going to be some spoilers in the show. They were kind of, dampening her memory mm-hmm. they're trying to stop her stop her from remembering 
who she was. Yeah. And you find that out later on. They actually they actually inserted a false memory. They erased her memory um, and then they entered it to where like the last scene is she's standing there with Marvell, I mm-hmm. believe is the Cree's name. And then, which is where she gets like the Captain Marvel. Marvel, idea. yeah. And so they have Marvell and then you have a scrawl who like shoots her in front of her. Um, which what really happened was, I forget what his name is, but it's like her mentor in the Cree yeah. was there. And like he the, was the bad guy all yeah, along. Yeah, he was the bad guy, and Marvell was actually trying to help the Skrull because she realized that they weren't trying to fight this war across the stars that they were fighting with the the Skrull or with the Kree. They were trying to just find another home planet and not be like under the tyranny of the Kree Empire. Yeah, and that commander is actually someone I want to come back to later on. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, in short, basically, I think it's just really important to remember. Not just our journey, but also where we started, like where we were, where we come from. Because just like I was saying in TOB, uh, we see that when we recognize why and how we were made, it's easier to recognize what we were made for. Mm-hmm. So that's what I got. Yeah, no. So that's right up the alley of kind of where I was going with it. The only thing I would add is when you when she gets back her memories of things that start coming back to her are um, two things. One, all of the good memories, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, all the times where she was loved or like experienced love, which I think is important because like for her to be who the Kree wanted her to be, which was just this like weapon that they could use, they needed to remove the love from her because mm. that's what humanizes us, right? Because that is ultimately very human. It's divine as well, but yeah, that, um, but that, you, that was actually one of the things I wanted to bring up with, with oh. the, the leader. So yeah. Just on the same wavelength. I love it. And then two, there's a lot of these things that you see early in the movie where she like stumbles and falls. Like she's riding a bike and she falls down or she's like riding a go-kart and like it tips over or like she's in the academy and she's trying to like jump across these ropes and she falls to the ground. Right. And I think one of the most powerful moments of that movie are when she's like getting all beat up by that, the, the commander and he's like, you're only human. And like, she stands, or no, uh, when she, it's the AI. She's in with the AI. Yeah. Um, and like the, because the Kree are run by the, like their leader is this AI, like artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. And so she's like being, uh, they're trying to like erase all of her memories again or whatever. And the AI, and uh, she gets like knocked down and she's like, you're only human. And like, she stands up and then it flashes back to all those points in the movie where you saw her fail through her memories. And, like, it just shows, like, after she fell, like, she immediately stood back up. Right. Um, and I think that's a very powerful Oof, moment. Yeah. Gives me chills. And I love it because I think that that's such an allegory, too, for, like, when we sin. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so easy to stumble and fall and want to stay there and be like, well, I'm only human. But, like, part of also being human is the ability to, like, be resilient and to stand back up. Yeah. I mean, that ties in with exactly what we're doing in Easter season right now. Mm-hmm. Right? So... We have the death, the fall. We have the resurrection where we're reborn. And then yeah. appropriately, we have this Sunday, which is divine mercy, where we receive the forgiveness and the mercy that we need to get back up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the, um, I love the idea of, um, I love the idea of like resilience. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. In that, because you know, Mark Vallone, obviously. He's the one I went to see, uh, Endgame with actually. Oh, rock on! I haven't talked to Mark in, in a hot minute, um, but great guy. But he has this talk that he used to give. Um, Mark is a friend of ours. He's a youth minister, but he also runs. 
he likes to go jogging and such. I know where you're going with this. Yeah. And so one of the cool talks that he gives is when you look at humans, just evolutionarily, right? Just like as, as we are humans, like we're not particularly strong or fast. We don't have claws or sharp teeth. Um, yeah, we're really smart, but like physically we don't have like a whole lot over other creation in terms of like physicality. Um, like we have our intellect, but we have one thing over most of creation is that we can like sweat and that we such a blessing right right, right. but <laughs> no it is it is it is actually that like early humans like back before they started farming and things like when they were still hunters and gatherers they would actually outrun their prey because they were able to be more resilient they weren't faster but like they didn't tire as easily right and mm. so i think that that's so beautiful is that like god actually created us to be like resilient Yes, in our physicality and in our bodies to be able to survive, right? You can like run, outrun an elk until the elk could no longer run. And then you like got food. But also like that same physical thing shifts into the spiritual to where we are resilient. I think for some of us, the sweat has kind of lost its power because there's no way I could outrun any deer or (laughs) any animal right now. Well, and I think it's important too to remember that it wasn't just a single person chasing them. Right, yeah. It was a community, right? They would like chase them to like different spots and try to corner them. But like our ability to be resilient. We should do a show on cavemen. That'd be interesting. That would be cool. Cavemen culture. Yeah, Uh, that would be interesting. Uh, Yeah, uh, pre-Neolithic revolution. (laughs) Um, What did that look like? Uh, Good question. A lot of running, (laughs) apparently. But I just want to, I just think that that's really important. Um, And I think that like that scene, I thought was very powerful in that movie. For sure. um, For that reason. We can talk probably a little bit about the scrawl and the um, like whole idea of like refugees. But I don't want to like, I don't want to get too much into that just because like we've talked a lot about scapegoating before. Yeah. On this podcast. If you don't mind, I want to kind of dive back into the thing about love. Yeah, no, and that because I was, I just wanted to kind of like briefly touch on like that is a major theme in this, but we've talked about it before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want to like for our listeners like go into something we've already talked about, right. but I do want to get back to the love. So that was just me touching on the scroll to like, yeah. be able to move on. Because part of part of the Cree trying to um, dull her memories mm-hmm. was also trying to dull her emotions. Right? Yeah. They were trying to make her into this perfect warrior, and they thought to do that she couldn't have emotions and i think the scene that you were just talking about where she says like yeah you're right i am only human she finally embraces the fact that her emotions are not a bad thing yeah and because of that she's able to grow outside of herself and become so much more powerful right and then she actually she has this little dampener on her neck that dampens her powers but she rips that off um, and she says, I, I wonder, and she says it like actually physically, like, I wonder how, like how powerful I am. Like when I'm not being like, she's like fighting with one hand behind her back, yeah, fighting like with that. one hand behind my back. Um, and so it's like removing that dampener, but that's also, she keeps getting told, like, don't use your emotion because like when she has emotions, it makes her like her, her power gets stronger. Like if she got angry or like whatever, it like, she's able to use her power more. Um, and I think that that's, that's, that's also touching on the same thing that it was like a dual meaning yeah for sure and i mean i think i've definitely fallen into this trap before too Mm -hmm. but like the idea of thinking that emotion in faith is either everything or nothing yeah right because we have um 
I guess this is probably more dangerous along the charismatic lines of the faith, but mm-hmm. uh, falling into that everything I do is for the feel good, right. uh, like emotional side of, of things. But then on the other side, we also have people, I was like this for a while, who are like, I can't feel anything ever because if I feel something, then that's too temporary. But that's, that's not how it works. It's a little bit more gray than that because our emotions are good. Like they're given to us by God, right? To help us in the end to, to grow closer to him. Yeah. I think there's a big difference, um, between like having emotion and being swept up and being swept up by our passions. Yes. Uh, there's a very different thing about like letting our emotions control us to the point where like we're no longer in control. Mm -hmm. Um, as opposed to like letting our intellect kind of be above that but also recognizing that our emotions have been gifted to us and they're for a reason. Like when we're sad, instead Bingo. of just being like, well, I can't be sad because it's illogical. Like it's okay to be sad. Right. Like that's okay. It's okay and to like, mourn. It's good. And like, why do you feel sad? Okay, well, you're feeling sad and lonely. Well, maybe this is a good time to pray or like reach out to a friend. Hmm. Like invite somebody else in. Like do not isolate yourself. Um, whereas if you get caught up in that emotion you might just be like well i'm just gonna cry and not call anybody or anything yeah um and so i think it's important to like remember like the order but also to remember like it's okay to have that and it's probably just as unhealthy to be like well i can't feel sad and like stuff it in a box because like that's not healthy either right i'm pretty sure thomas aquinas actually said that was one of the one of his tools for maintaining joy was to cry along with uh, a good bath Mm -hmm. reading a book Drinking beer, eating, and uh, I don't remember what the other ones were. But yeah, yeah. so Thomas Aquinas said you should cry. So pretty, pretty smart dude. You should try it. I mean, as a man, I never cry. Unless we're watching The Vow, because. Yeah, or Click. Yeah, those are, uh, those are my movies. Those are my cry movies. Toy Story 3 brought some tears to my eyes. Toy Story 3. Toy Story 2 got me. That mm-hmm. was the one with. Uh, introduces the. The sister, right? I think so, yeah. Uh, with the little girl? Uh, Toy Story 3 is the one where, like, he gives up his toys. Yeah. And that one was like, Ugh. There were, like, two scenes. That and, like, when they're all sitting there in, like, the dump for, like, the incinerator. I was like, oh, no. It was, it was rough. Um, Isn't there, was, like, Toy Story 4 or 5 coming out this I summer? I think so, 4 is, yeah. Jeez. Either way. It's crazy, uh, We digress back to Marvel. <laughs> all over the place today but yeah but i think that um that's like one of the things that the kree forget is also like they help they want her to like not just forget her past but to forget like that love as well Mm -hmm. because they need her to be this cold calculating weapon right which she can't be if she knows what love is because like once she like breaks free of the emotions and like embraces love like she realizes wow like, when she, like, reconnects with love, like, finds her old loved ones and, like, reconnects with her best friend, she realizes, like, that the Skrull aren't the bad guys. Um, they're, not these, they're not these monsters that, like, she's been painted out. And her immediate reaction is, like, one of sorrow and remorse and, like, I will help you. I feel like this idea of creating weapons without emotions to be more superior, like, in combat... Mm-hmm. It's something we see a lot in sci-fi mm-hmm. and is always disproven, yeah. right? Because you think about the sci-fi movies where they're like, they create the robots, but then you have the humans who are clearly like the underdogs, 
but they have, well, they, they have reason, but so does the, the artificially intelligent robot, but they have something else. They have emotions. They have, I don't know. Right. Yeah, you, you know what I'm talking I, about? You know, I, th- I think that's true. I think ultimately what it comes down to is like what they all, it's even like the classic Star Trek thing of you have Spock, <laughs> right? He's like very logical. I feel nothing. Uh, doesn't have these emotions, but there are certainly points where even he like begins to almost envy, uh, or not envy, but like he, he sees like humans with their emotions and like that's something that he thinks is a good thing. Yeah. And there's a clarity too to where, yeah, it's always like, oh yeah, you could just be so much more efficient if you didn't have these emotions is like the idea. But like our emotions are what make us human and like our ability to love certainly doesn't make us make logical choices, but they allow us to make good choices. Right. And moral choices, which it might sound like, I guess let me put it in a different way. It would be a very boring story if there were a city under siege or something and you had this hero character look at it and say, well, that's a suicide mission. Just let the city die. What makes it you wouldn't story. care? Yeah, because there, if there's no emotion, you wouldn't even mm-hmm. care, and the people inside yeah. would have no care that they were being killed. Well, I don't even mean that. I just mean like if you had that. Okay. Whereas like a story where you have someone be like, "Are you serious? Like you're gonna try to go up against this? Like it's a suicide mission." Mm-hmm. And he says, well, "I'm gonna go up against all odds because this is the right thing to do." Right. Makes a much more compelling story. Because that's what we desire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Any other last themes from the movie? There's a lot of stuff in that, um, but I think those are kind of the two big ones. Well, you wanted to touch on feminism a little bit, too. Oh, yeah? yes. Actually, I did. Thank you. As a couple of, obviously, so for the last theme, <laughs> um, as a couple of white men, we're going to talk about feminism. It's going to be great. Because this movie, I had heard so much going in that it was such a pandering movie, but I went and saw it, and I did not think so at all. Mm-hmm. I thought that it was actually very well done, um, and I really, really enjoyed it. And also, I think that like this whole idea of um, men and women having to be like natural enemies or something, as if we're competing, is a flawed argument, right? Because we're actually meant to build each other up. That's like the complementary nature of men and women is to like build each other up in who we are. Uh, and so, in terms of like feminism, like that, I think it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. I think that that. That makes sense. I think it's just when we end up forgetting that like we have our parts to play and like stop trying to build each other up and or one or the other tries to hold each other down, I think that's where you end up getting problems. Um, and I think that the church gets a lot of bad rap as if we are anti-woman, right? And this movie like really shows like the strongest Avenger, like the strongest person in the Marvel universe is, is a woman. Kind of like how the greatest human that's not divine, was Mary. Right? Was a woman. Yeah. And I, and so I want to actually touch on that because I think there's so many really cool... Uh, you see it a lot now. You have like um, Wonder Woman, you have Captain Marvel. There's a lot of like, vi- like movies coming out with very strong women leads, which I think is a very good thing. Um, like when I watched that scene where like it shows like uh, Carol Danvers um, like as a young girl, like Captain Marvel's like as a young girl... Falling down and standing back up. I thought that was great. I thought if I had a daughter, I would want her to see that scene where, like, if she gets knocked down by life, she just stands up and faces mm-hmm. it. I thought that was really powerful. I mean, even my son, I think, would, you know, if I had a son, would be like, yeah. you know, I, I, as like a 27 year old guy, was like, yeah, that's right. I, 
You know, I thought that was a good, I thought that was a good scene, but I thought it was good that it was a woman too for young girls to be able to relate to. But I kind of, I kind of moving away from what I'm talking about. But my, my point being is there's a lot of really strong women in the church. There's a lot of really great saints. Um, and the church itself um, or herself is referred to as the, as the bride of Christ, right? It's mm-hmm. feminine. And so I kind of want to talk about that because I think that modern society looks at the Catholic church as anti-woman. And I think that that's just completely misunderstanding who we are as a church and where we've come from and like what we actually elevate. I think one thing that can kind of help uh, at least start that discussion is the biggest issue that I have when movies try to portray feminism is usually that by doing that, the the way that they do it is they're trying to make the woman seem more like a man, more masculine. And that's, that's not real feminism to me. I think real feminism should promote the, the feminine, right? I mean, that's literally what it's saying. And I think that this movie and Wonder Woman as well do a really good job of that. They're not trying to make the the main female lead seem more like a man. They're showing that femininity is beautiful, is strong, is good. And I think that's what the church does too, right? And I think maybe that's what you're trying to get at. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, al- yeah. also like the church, we we believe that men and women are different and both are very, very good, right? That's in Genesis chapter two, mm-hmm. right? We're created man. One. What? It's in Genesis one. Someone correct us. I'm pretty sure it's two. It's in both, but like in Genesis one, it says like he creates man and woman in his image and says it is good. Okay. So technically, yes. All right. Anyways, so it says uh, in his image, he created them in his likeness. He created them. Uh, like man and woman and it was very good right and so we see that both man and woman in a way reflect who god is in a way that the other cannot right and so when we build up one when we build up uh, masculine but we don't build up the feminine we see this disconnect and so i think it's really important that we i don't know we we build up both Mm -hmm. right and as we we do that the, it'll benefit the other as well. Yeah, I also think it's important to remember that while we, while we as individuals are made in the image and likeness of God, and do not need necessarily to be married to achieve the heights of holiness, right? There is something to be said about the fact that like men and women, in their complementary nature, like through their interaction as complements to one another, better reflect God. Yeah, 100%. Right? I mean, because that's like the whole idea of like the the rib of Adam is like not that that... And I think that that's like really important when you look at that theologically speaking is he does not look at woman like whenever he gets taken from the rib, right? And there's like that thing of like, oh, he wasn't taken from like... It wasn't taken from the head because like she's not above and it wasn't taken from the toe because she's not below but the side because they were side by side. Mm-hmm. Um, near the heart. And near the heart, which I think is an important aspect. It's a little cheesy, but like it's an important... That when when Adam looks at Eve, he does not immediately think, "Oh yeah, like woman, this is something to like use or trample over or anything," but he looks at her and says, "Bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh," like mm-hmm. someone equal, different but equal, 
that together, like the love that they share, like better reflects the love of God. Well, I mean, even just looking at the way we image mm-hmm. God through our our fertility, mm-hmm. right? So we have us, well, let's start with like the Trinity, right? So we have God the Father, who is the eternal giver of love, uh, the Son, who's the eternal receiver of love, so Jesus, and then the Holy Spirit is the mutual exchange of that love, so the love itself. Right. Right? Yeah. And so we have this third person coming from the love between them. And so we have the the husband in marriage, right, who is the, the giver, right, by uh, the very body of a man, the mother who is the receiver, and from that mutual exchange of love, mm-hmm. a third person comes, a child. Right. And I think it's important, too, to, to remember, like, in, in, in the way that we uh, talk about things within the church and the way that theology of the body discusses these things, never is a woman ever held down. And in fact, I would say she's incredibly elevated because one, when you look at scripture, creation was not done until woman was made. Mm -hmm. That Adam was created and like God still realized there was something missing. And so like the height, you know, a lot of times you hear the height of creation was a woman in woman are are so unique in that they get to participate in in creation Mm -hmm. in a way that men cannot. That uh, Mary and through the womb, God entered the world, right? Which also helps elevate women even further. And so I just think that um, there was a point that I was going to make with all this, but my brain just kind of stopped working. <laughs> um, and so... I think you're, you're talking about how the church doesn't like, it, like it, bring it, women down, but quite the yeah, opposite. Yeah, right. And, and, and my point being that, um, that in a lot of ways, like, you know, women are, are this height of creation, right? Like you see through Mary, you see like, all that they're able to bring and they're they're incredibly important and like men certainly have the role i mean i'm a man i think that i'm you know and jesus was a man and so like those are very important but so, i just think like, so controversial this episode it's great why i don't know these are things that people get mad about it's so true. if you guys disagree with us feel free to reach out yeah no for sure but but i'm not even uh, but my point being that I, I really do think that um again like people and mischaracterize the church as anti-woman and i just am trying to show that that's very not true no i agree um, yeah and that yeah anyway that's my point yeah uh if you guys d- disagree with anything we're saying if you agree with anything we're saying please reach out to us we'd love to hear from you and uh yeah would be would be up for a conversation if you if you do disagree as long as it's a a friendly non-hostile yeah for uh, sure and maybe by that point um i'll remember what i was trying to make i was like there was a there was a period on that sentence that i was saying earlier i just can't remember what it was that'd be great well now there's a question mark which is even better yeah it leaves it because you open. never know yeah. do you have a challenge for us today i do i think that a challenge is a very practical one okay i like practical uh, challenges that is going to be a little different than our normal challenges great um i think for this challenge i want you to Reach out to your family um, or your friends or whomever. You're, you're, you're very close to your loved ones, perhaps someone you haven't talked to in a while. And I want you to like spend time with them. I want you to just set aside the worries of your life for a day. Um, set aside your phones. Set aside your distractions. And just be present with the people who love you and whom you love. And just like absorb that relationship and absorb that love. I got a question for you. Okay. Steve. I never see you anymore. Can we set aside a day to just put our phones away 
Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Um, we'll, we'll discuss this after off the air. Yeah, I'm just playing with uh, you. I want to hang out with you. Um, Cool, let's do it. But I think that that, I think that's a good thing that we oftentimes forget to do. I agree. Entirely too much. Yeah. So, Uh, I gave all my shout outs in the middle of the show. So, do you have any that you haven't said already? No. I think that, uh, yeah, we shouted out Bryce. I don't think we explicitly shouted out Mark, but shout out to Mark Fallon. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's, I think that's all I have. I've had a lot of really good discussions about uh, the nature of feminism with uh, that Mackenzie, so I guess I should shout her out. Say her last name or she's going to be so mad. Oh, Mackenzie Young. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, she gets she gets mad if I don't um, Jeez. mention her by name. But I just feel like if I talk about feminism in any real way without mentioning Mackenzie, I'll get yelled at later. Probably. So. I have one more shout out, actually. Mm-hmm. So one of my teens, his name is Ty Halligan, has been listening to the podcast. And he started, I want to say, back in... Um, January, maybe December. I don't know. But anyways, he's just been crushing through and is almost completely caught up. And uh, I found out that apparently he's been uh, skipping homework to listen to us. Oh, that's not good. Don't yeah. So guys, if, you, if you're if you in school, make sure you're doing your homework first. Or if you can do both at the same time, you can listen to us. Uh, but he's a huge fan, loves the show, apparently a little too much. But Ty, do your homework. Yeah. Oh, I have one more shout out. Kim. Keep going. Uh, Kim Schwartz, who is a coworker of mine. I went and saw Endgame. She was one of the people we went and saw Endgame with. Okay. Um, and she's a big fan of the Captain Marvel movie. She watched it three times, I think. Nice. Um, or two or three times. But either way, um, so I'm going to shout her out because this is one of her favorite movies. Um, and she is somebody who I actually talked about some of the more feminist themes with. For sure. So with that, guys, uh, thank you for listening. Um, first off, If you don't know where to find us, check out our notes section below and you can find all of our social media. We're on Facebook, which is just the Christ in culture. We are on Twitter. Our handle is at on the adventure two. you can find us on SoundCloud on YouTube and just about anything else. Also, if you want to reach out to us, you can check us out on our website. Uh, We also have a blog on there. You can find all of our videos and more resources. So you guys can do what we do on your own and find some other podcasts or websites and stuff where they do the same thing. So yes. the website is thechristinculture.com. Okay. Quickly. Um, before we, I, my train of thought finally came back. There it is. Before we left the station. Okay. Re- recap. When I was talking about everything about like the height, uh, uh, uh sort of women that yep. one of the beautiful things about the complementary nature of of women is i guess is as as women is elevated that it naturally elevates men as well yes and like masculinity helps elevate femininity and that we help elevate each other yeah that one of the things the most beautiful things about relationship um, particularly between like this idea of like men and women because i think it's great that you have like two like men as brothers like helping build each other up and like holy woman friendship but there's something about like that complementary nature of men and women. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be a spousal relationship. I mean, look at some of the saints that have had, you know, great relationships between a man and a woman, right? Yeah. Mother Teresa and JP2, mm. you know, where they helped build each other up and give a different perspective. Yeah. And if you guys want to hear more about that, we actually have a whole episode on it back from November. I think it was called A Season of Dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was Gordon and I talking about ballet. Yeah. Okay. So that was a good one. Interesting. Yeah, but that's just my point, is that they really help to, to build each other up, and um, they call each other to heights, um, to higher heights. And so I think that uh, 
that is what I was trying to go for. Cool. Yeah. So guys, before we sign off here, if you like what we're doing, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Uh, You can find us at patreon.com backslash the Christ and culture. And for only a couple bucks a month, you guys can help us uh, make this better. So we still pay for just about everything that we do out of pocket. And so we can't afford new equipment. And we've been having a lot of technical difficulties the last couple of weeks. And if we're going to keep bringing in big guests to be on the show, then we need better equipment. Yeah. Especially people who are out of town. Um, cause yeah. those are just the nature of the equipment that we have that just, we just have lower quality recordings for those. And we would like to have ideally better quality recordings when we have some guest speaker calling in. Yeah. So I've said this before, but now that Lent is over, a lot of you guys are going to be going back to whatever it was that you were giving up. I'm going to challenge you to once a month, give up that thing. So if you gave up fast food, uh, once a month that you would normally go out and eat fast food or once a month you go out and have uh, a coffee, don't do it. And instead send that money uh, this way and support us on Patreon. And in return, when you join us on Patreon, you actually get access to a lot of a lot more content than what we're putting out right now. So you guys can see, um, well, actually right now we have the live video of everything we do behind the scenes and all that stuff. We have reflections that go out. We have merchandise that goes out to the patrons, all that stuff. So if you want access to that kind of thing, please consider supporting us and we'll be sending it your way. Thanks, guys. And uh, thanks for joining us on the adventure. We'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.